this episode unofficially dedicated to Natty Lights, which we'll get to. <laughs> Fighting way easier from outside the cage, which uh, multiple fights found out as they never made it. I, I'm sure they could attest. Which means it's time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raph Esparza and the handsome Dan. But we'll get to handsome Dan. He could just hang out in his good-looking <laughs> bubble for a minute. Raph, how are you? I'm great. So let's introduce our guest because I have a question for him that will dictate the pace of this show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back one Dan Martinez. Dan Martinez, I have a question for you, and I need to know if Miley Cyrus offered you the opportunity to have it all. And she said, hey, I heard you on the UFC saying, be my Valentine. But here's the condition. You have to shave MC into your chest hair. Would you do it? And granted, this is full well knowing the fact that you have no chest hair to do so because you are not quite a man in that way. But anyway, go ahead, sir. Answer the question. <laughs> that was good. so hypothetically speaking. If I did have my my if I did have chest hair, ah, uh, you know what? I think I would, man. Anything I, I could have it all. I think I would. Kevin, this is one of the weirdest crossroads in which it takes your love of Miley Cyrus. And yes, some weird-ass call-out from a fighter after a UFC to do some sort of love connection. Did you see any of the things I was trying to send you on this, We have so much to talk about with Miley Cyrus. The Billy Idol thing at the Super Bowl. I think I mentioned it. The fact that I've been on... The train since early, and the stock is just, it's really skyrocketing right now, Raph. So to see her show up in this circle felt fantastic. I saw some of what appeared to be a fighter flirting with Miley Cyrus. Now, I, like Dan, to the audience who doesn't care, don't have chest hair enough to carve MC. I would just look like I was bragging about obviously not working out during the pandemic. People would not see the message. I would find a way to grow chest hair so I could carve a viable MC in it so I could make this date happen. That was not your question, but that is my answer. But it is worth noting the fact that instead of just doing it outright, he went back to her and was like, well, you need to put... Uh, the Cuban Missile Crisis above your navel and tattoo it there for us to be together. And she legitimately put a photo that said, you could have had this, but you stupid. And the whole collective internet just went, oh, come on, dude. You were right there, man. And so he responded today that, yes, he will carve MC in. (laughs) But to bring awareness for people who are affected from COVID in small businesses. None of that makes any sense. And I like the the late minute trying to like salvage it all because Kevin, he wasn't just doing that. We're talking about Julian Marquez. Julian Marquez also was doing a weird sort of promo for Dana White at the end of it. And if you were to ask me what he was selling you, I still don't know. Because that was the part that I think everybody forgot he was doing before he got to the Miley Cyrus Be My Valentine. So if you really want to see something that you say, oh, that's confusing, watch that post-fight interview. Anyway, Dan Martinez, you were outside this weekend, I'm sure, 
having <laughs> some super spreader fun. Where did you go watch the fights this weekend, sir? Man, actually, actually, this weekend I kind of kept it at the house and uh, I did one of the uh, illegal pirated streams, you know? Damn it. That's our friend Rand <laughs> Martinez out of West Virginia. <laughs> Dan, have you not heard Dana White has been saying time after time at each pay-per-view now they're going to crack down on one illegal streamer <laughs> per event? Does that not make you scared, sir? Well, I'm not the streamer. I'm just I am the uh, I'm the consumer of the stream. Got it. So now you're the snitch of the stream. Much better. Uh, well, I didn't say which one though. Ah. Yeah, I'm sure you think that's way smarter than it is. But the person who had you at their house, if they happen to be listening to this, go. He's never invited back. <laughs> Time out. I, I really want to find out how he interrupts the stream. Because wouldn't you shit if you're watching it illegally and the bald father pops up? He's like, "Hey, fuckers." caught you yeah. now you just have to watch me wash my back slowly for an hour and it's like uh <laughs> so dan let me, let me give you a little bit of what dana white is doing right now dana white since the conor mcgregor fight has been telling people you know there's some fucking dummy out there who he's illegally streaming it and i swear to god we've got him okay we've been listening into him all right we've been doing a whole lot of illegal patriot act shit on this motherfucker and if he so much as puts it up we're gonna get him and everybody goes, that's a fake story if I've ever heard one. Well, in the post, <laughs> the post fight interview for that UFC pay-per-view, Dana White, they said, well, do you have a follow-up on that? And he goes, yeah, yeah, that guy definitely didn't do it. He took down his site. <laughs> we won that one. He knew we had him. I'm glad he we did. Just, all he needed to do was click play, and we had him. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a very nice differentiating between the two because while us real MMA fans are intrigued by Gilbert Burns versus Kamaru Usman, um, Dana White wasn't really threatening us not to stream this one. In fact, Dana White was kind of like, yeah, you guys can watch this one if you want. Not that many people <laughs> yeah. are going to watch it. I'd prefer if you did, kind of. So maybe you were just doing that. Well, let's get to it. Dan Martinez. Yep. Yep, you were so happy for your pal, Gilbert Burns. I he's, got, he's got a few pals he has a reckoning <sighs> with. I'm starting to think yeah. Dan's the problem on this one. It, <laughs> he might actually be, but we'll, we'll get to those other problems. The night jujitsu died, kind of. No. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it yet because I'm not mentally okay. We will get there first. Too soon. Too soon. By talking about Gilbert Burns. So let's start with a happy memory, which is what was the exact reaction in your quiet but illegal household when he got that first knockdown on Usman? Dude, I literally, I literally just yelled. I don't even know what I yelled. I know, oh shit, was was involved in what I yelled, and I sat up and I just started jumping up and down, and then I realized Kamara was recovering, and I was like, oh damn. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I, I was very, very um, impressed with his ability in that fight. Kevin, did you happen to see this fight, and do you know what happens next in it? Yes, and I always forget that people have the ability to recover because as soon as he got clocked, I was like, it's over, it's over, and it wasn't jujitsu. It was like my three-combat gun, and I, as you're about to get to, it wasn't the only time. 
Like, I really yeah. thought this fight was going to end in the first round. Me too. I thought it, I really did genuinely think. And then, and then he proceeded to to play off his back and get his legs kicked for two minutes. I was like, no. So my, my oh shit yelling turned into anger very fast. <laughs> <laughs> so what specifically was angering you, Dan? Because Burns did look good. It was just Usman's a different beast. So oh, where was the anger, sir? The, the anger was during that like minute, minute and a half stretch where uh, where Kamaru was standing over Gilbert and Gilbert's flat on his back and Kamaru just kicking his legs and taking his time and recovering and doing just enough to not get a stand up but didn't engage the guard. A little frustration. I was like, oh man, he's recovered. That's it. He ain't gonna hit. He ain't gonna hit like that again. I was getting questions on the fight companion of people asking me. Raph, are we going to see a KO by bicycle kick? And I said, probably not. In fact, I don't know how much I like the strategy for Gilbert Burns, but kudos yeah. to him because at the very I, least. I do love those, though. I, it's always, you. It, it occurred to me I hadn't seen it in a little bit. Like someone yeah. truly trying to upkick the shit out of somebody, and I thought I would have seen it in the ream fight, but it was nice to see it, that it, again. It, it, it never fails, and I hate it because I am a jiu-jitsu butt scooter, but I don't fight MMA. But it all—it never fails that every jiu-jitsu guy that ends up in that position like waves the opponent down, like come in my guard. And in my head, I'm like, no, he's not gonna fucking do that. <laughs> well, Dan, you're you're, you, you're uniquely an expert in this because you've done combat jiu-jitsu, and unlike uh, MMA, you know, not a lot of this happens. But at least when you do it in combat jiu-jitsu world, we kind of go, oh. Yeah, I've seen that happen a few times. A lot of those guys will do that sort of a thing. So what has been your remedy? Like, how do you get around that? When somebody, when I'm like, uh, the person's not really coming in or engaging. When you're the person standing on top and then somebody's on their back and starts windmill of death, what is your remedy to that? Are you looking to just pass or are you looking to slap a bitch because you have the opportunity to do so? Uh, man, I would love to pass as I slap the bitch. That's for sure. That would be solid. So I'm going to, I'm going to time one of those crazy wheel kicks coming up. I'm going to try to leg drag it and then whack it. Okay. So minus <laughs> the leg drag, how did you feel when Usman did exactly that, but put a nice knuckle sandwich in the third round to yeah, one Yeah, that was a total, totally different version of laying on your back at that. <laughs> that was not fun to watch. I want to give some credit here to Gilbert Burns, which is that he definitely <laughs> made a statement that night that he did belong there. And he, haircut then, twins. We haven't even talked about that. You two were cleanly matching. Did you did you go to the same barber? How'd you do that? I think you're referring to my, my haircut. I Kevin. am for the live yeah. cast people that tuned in. Raph got the Gilbert Burns. He got the full Durino. First of all, I had this haircut first. Second of all, it's a little weird thing that happens when you have an odd-shaped head and you go to get a haircut and your barber makes a mistake and you go, well, I guess I'm stuck with this, huh? And I went home and quickly reshaped it very quickly. And I did an interview after getting the haircut where I said, this doesn't look that good. i got to put a hat on. The next day, I thought about it, and I go, let me see if I can reshape this haircut. And I did. And everybody in the world was so nice to me and saying, Raph, love the haircut. Thanks. 
Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I Love feel the so inclined like, to do a Rav's head so big he needs a pit crew of barbers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I really do think that is a good visual. We should make that a cartoon. Dan, I'm going to ask you a question. I need you to give me an honest answer here. Because in the post-fight interview, Gilbert Burns said that he started chasing in a similar way when he got too excited that Cody Garbrandt did. Do you believe that's yeah. true? Uh, no, I, no, I don't think he started chasing it. I think, uh, no, I don't even know what, what I think he could have meant. I don't No, I definitely don't think he did at all. I think what I think he did, I think he, he definitely showed up to win, you know, which I think goes into like chasing quote, quote, the win. But I don't think it, it would be, I haven't seen the post fight. Was he referring to kind of like, he felt like he gassed out trying to finish tomorrow? No, I think what he's saying is. He made such a strong impression in that first round that he basically was getting too caught up in, in getting that knockdown. And I think that yeah, was his perception of it. What I would interpret it as is, yeah, he had a really good knockdown, and I don't think he overplayed it at all. I, I actually think that he didn't chase it too much. It's just exactly. Usman is just a guy who can take a good punch, and we saw that. He, yep. he took it and immediately came back up. And that was scary to see when you and look at statistically. Yeah. Well, not just the adjustments, but statistically, he's never really lost a round and as a champ. And when you look at that yeah. and you think of that statistic and you realize, oh, shit, then he gets back up. This is going to go in his favor. So that was yeah. highly impressive to see. Yeah. Um, and he did some good, good adjustments at... Uh, you could see in the second round a visibly more tired Gilbert still looking for that same home run right hand, but he just was not landing it. He was getting popped with that. Uh, Kevin, what did you feel like after seeing Usman win? When he was saying, we need to put some respect on his name. Do you feel like we're not putting enough respect on his name? This is going to, he's not going to like my answer, but it's a byproduct of what's happening with the UFC right now. Yeah, they're not putting a ton of respect on too many opponents, and he's on a tear, right? I'm pulling up his last five fights Burns, Masvidal, Covington, Woodley. Badass title defenses, but when the UFC's cranking out a fight every 27 seconds. <laughs> This is kind of what happens, right? There's no build. There wasn't a slow draw to this that we were talking about it for a big amount of time. This wasn't a particularly meaningful card. It was the Saturday of Valentine's Day, not the greatest fight sports night of the year. So there's weirdness to this that he must be talking to Dana, and I guess if his message is the UFC isn't putting the respect, it's it's not. It is not doing much if they're paying attention in the way of billing its top stars, not name McGregor. I also want to kind of give you guys a little bit of what I saw, which was the differentium between him saying, you guys are just fucking coming to my office thinking you can take it away from me. If you want to take this belt away, you better come see me in my office. That's essentially the promo he cut. Seconds after cutting that promo, he goes, I want to say a big shout out to my daughter. I love you. You're so cute. But come see me, motherfuckers. Let's see what's about it. And then 
literally goes back to, I can't wait to see you because they're so cute. Yay! So that's one thing. I'm going to pose this question to you, Kevin, and I'm going to return back to Dan with an important second follow-up, which is, have you considered this? What if the person fighters say needs to put some respect on their name is really themselves? Kevin? I don't know. I was already thinking of an American Pie Don McLean thing for the Vieira fight. Like, this will be the No, day. I'm oh, not okay. there yet. We're Sorry, still, still with Usman. Well, that's not great for putting respect on his name. Uh, big fit title defense. I'll say this, Raph, and I don't want to speak for you, and I'm looking at Verbal Tap Legal here to the right. Everyone looks green light. Come on the show. Do a tell-all. Let's yeah. get into your regiment. <laughs> Let's get you the press that gets you pumped up and the profile you need. Manscaped once called us potentially someone they would put in playboy magazine that's not bad so come on all right and you can use the promo code verbal tap for 20 percent off uh, dan the question i have for you is what do you want to see happen next in that division in uh the welterweight division yes uh i mean i, I don't want to see masvidal and and usman again i think I mean, I could I could go on and on about how that fight was not actually short notice as it failed, but I think uh, a Leon Edwards fight with Kobe makes sense. I think Leon just fighting uh, Wonder Boy also makes sense. It's really the only guy that hasn't fought Leon or Kamaru yet in the top. You know, I think Kamaru's beat the top two, three, like five, six, seven, something like that. So I I, I think Leon or or Wonder Boy should be pushed a little more than like a rematch. That's good, Kevin. Did you hear what I heard on that? little response he had right there i did not catch what you uh, uh, where of course i did raf but you say what you caught so i know it's the same okay thank you kevin i appreciate that i like that dan very subtly said i could go on and on and tell you why the masvidal fight wasn't on just six days could you i yeah i you know I, here's my take i think hmm? The UFC and Masvidal know that it's a bad matchup for him. I think if Masvidal had a full camp, and re remember when he initially was negotiating the fight with Usman, the fight fell through because he didn't like what he was getting paid. In other words, bro, I know I'm not winning this fight. I at least want to make the big bucks. But he had Bo Nickel and all these wrestlers down there with him in like March of last year. So in reality, he really only had one guy to get ready for, Usman. And so when the fight came up and he's like, oh, yeah, I've been wrestling and training six days. I, I look like a badass. My stock goes up. I get paid way more than I originally was negotiated. And I can hang on to the fact that in a rematch, I would do better and then make double the money. That's what I So do. then how does he do in the rematch, Dan? Because I, think I have some bad news for you. A hundred thousand times again and loses another decision. <laughs> I have some bad news for you. It seems like that's what they're pushing to do. And Dana didn't seem all that in love with that as an idea. In fact... Uh, before he could even make his way to press row for his frowny face of anger, Dana yeah. White didn't know that apparently the management teams behind Usman and Masvidal were just pitching themselves as the new ultimate fighter coaches, trying yeah, to usurp Dana that. White. And then not only pitching themselves as the ultimate fighter coaches, but press row was kind of egging it on, saying, like, Dana, did you see this? And Dana's like, no, nah, it's not happening. Hey, you know what that they, means? They bring him back the ultimate fighter? 
well, they keep yeah. saying they will, and that it was I can work so use the ultimate fighter in my life right now. Damn it. <laughs> well, the hard part is they don't need the ultimate fighter because it's way more money than just bringing people out for the Dana White contender series, which is supposed to give you new talent. So that's not as fun. No one does anything to the hot tub. Plus, I guess this is another byproduct of like, that seems like a million years ago and how the UFC did fights, which is, well, we, we don't want to wait three months to do a fight, right? We got to have 18 fights in there. We can't have all these fighters tied up. So, (laughs) So here's what's happening, Kev. They basically agreed to it with each other. But there was a meme that went around that demonstrated how Usman broke Colby, how he broke Burns, and the remnants that he left behind in those fights. And yet it's juxtaposed with Masvidal eating some punches from Usman and not feeling the effects. In essence, saying one of these things is not like the other. So the argument is, is that Masvidal took a punch and didn't get destroyed, unlike these other people who did at the end of their fights. So do you believe that that's going to happen, though, Kevin? Because Dan does not believe it's going to happen. But is there some sort of strategy that the street Jesus has that he could make the difference as a number five contender, mind you? Not even the next challenger, really. And you're talking with Usman? Yep. I don't. I'm, is that fun for you? I don't know. I'm just struggling with that one because that's my, my – if your answer is a caddy question back, that's a bad sign right off. And if Masvidal is coming up to fight, it's just not in the same league right now, it seems like, since he went it's to really chase doesn't. the Diaz fight. So that's not an ex- that's not going to give Usman the respect on his name he's looking for. That's yeah. going to be something more like a him versus – airbender or after they fatten up john jones if they can lipo him out something (laughs) something more fun what's fun who can we bring you know what in you know you know what's fun and that somebody suggested they said how about gsp you know what gsp said still deeply retired (laughs) Uh, this does not excite me at all. Uh, GSP, no concern for this. So uh, have fun. Very nice, uh, Kamaru. Very happy uh, for you. But GSP, very retired, very on couch. So ultimate uh, unless, unless Unless Bisping wins another belt in some division. Then he'll come out and uh, beat up Bisping real quick. Uh, Michael Bisping, very easy to beat up. Uh, GSP, see the way. He get up out of couch for that one. But uh, for Kamaru, he no get up for that. I will tell you, though, so people want to talk about that retired guy. How about this retired guy? Usman Khabib. I was going to say that. Well, you did. And I'm now prompting you to talk about it. So the ball is in your court. (laughs) Stream and idea thief Dan Martinez. Go ahead. I I mean, I think I think. Kamaru is begging for this respect, and I agree. I don't think Masvidal will get him the respect at all. I don't think a rematch with Kobe will do it. I don't even think a fight with Leon Edwards will do it. But I think if he can somehow make 165 a fight with Khabib, would absolutely give him the respect, and it would be a fight that I think Khabib would come back for. Even though he's mentioned he doesn't care about chasing champ-champ status, I really don't think he has another lightweight two-fight. there. They're, they're oddly in a position where they haven't defended their belts very much, but they have essentially cleaned out the division. It's weird. 
Both of them. And here's one thing that I want to say that's ridiculous for Khabib's standards, because Khabib was also asked about GSP again. And Khabib goes, no, 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 I would this fight would not happen at 170. And I was like, you want the fight. It's whatever fight weight that the real goat wants. And that's GSP. And so you're begging a dude to come back from retirement and you're telling him what weight it should be. That's not how that works. But I like I like Khabib being like, hmm. I'll tell you what weight this goes at. And I'm like, if I'm GSP, I'm like laughing at home going, yeah, all right, have fun. If I was GSP, I'm like, did you not realize I went from 70 to 85? (laughs) Did you want me to go down to 55? (laughs) At 40? Come on, man. (laughs) So, all right, Kevin, I'm ready to do the transition. Just let's just fucking do the the saddest story in all of jiu-jitsu. I didn't even know it was a guillotine with whatever Hernandez did. To Hodolfo Vieira, the tribute post made me even sadder than the loss. I'm seeing like Rafael Lovato, and it's like he's alive though, right? Oh no, he's not. (laughs) What the shit happened, Dan? This is your fault. The People versus Dan Martinez. I evidence your Instagram. Let me bring up the handle for the good people. Yeah. Hey, that was just one session. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. So that's this all it takes. Fucking one night stand motherfucker being like, oh, she didn't mean anything. Adolfo, I, I don't, who? Who? <laughs> wow, man. All right, Would you Dan, call it? You I also have a, an actual expertise question. Would you call that a guillotine? It seemed more like an arm triangle. It was arm in. Yeah. It's 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 that one uh, that one variation that uh, Jack Hermanson's always always doing. It I don't even know what you would call that, but it's and, oh man, it was so it was so painful because for every every punch that stunned him more, and every time he faked the anaconda, I was like, oh no, this is gonna happen. I was like, this is this is it. He's not even gonna finish him with strikes. He's gonna he's gonna choke him, and all he needs to do is just put one squeeze on a barely conscious and awake guy, you know. All right, so let me give you my interpretation of what I saw because I had people on the internet saying. Man, look how gassed one Hadolfo was. Why is he so gassed? I had some people saying, is he on the sauce? Is that what's making him a little little tie-tie right there? Dan, you can correct me if I am wrong here. Hadolfo can grapple, and for a very long time. The Hadolfo I saw in this fight was able to get a takedown early, Utilize that takedown. Use some jujitsu. I don't know if it's leading to say that maybe he wasn't doing the jujitsu with as much urgency as maybe he needed to do at that moment. It's hard to say. And, of course, some credit has to be to Hernandez, who had some good uh, submission defense in some really bad areas. The issue was, if you're talking about a guy who's nicknamed Fluffy, and I want to remind people that sometimes people are given nicknames, ironically— in terms of what they are capable of, hint, person nicknamed Fluffy would make it seem like if he hit you, it would be nothing. Use the irony there. Gets up and Terminator 2's his way back on over to Hadolfo, who gets hit a few times with very strong hits, and then, out of instinct, tries to shoot in. So when everybody was saying he just gassed himself out, all I could think of is, First of all, most of these people talking have never been hit with that kind of impact, let alone 
still been in a fight for another five minutes trying to shoot their way in one of the most notoriously tirelessly ways of having a fight go and yet still taking that much impact i would argue that's where the gassing happens dan is that along the lines of what you saw uh absolutely and i also i also think uh as a competitor i have definitely felt an adrenaline dump and (laughs) an adrenaline dump you generally like uh, attribute that to like your first debut, you know, your first fight or whatever. But I, I feel like they can happen anytime. But it looked to me like he did the jujitsu version of a one-two burnout. He just moved from so many different submissions so fast without throwing any strikes on the ground, and it almost looked like he held his breath to where he got up. And yeah, I mean, I but like you said, I, I think he got up a little like, whew, and then he just started getting popped. And I mean. A long time ago, I can't remember who told me. They said, if you punch a black one in the face, he's a brown belt. If you punch him again, he's a purple belt. Just keep punching him, you're going to be a white belt. <laughs> so, having said that, keep that thought in mind. Kevin, yeah. let's talk about a really real possibility here, okay? That you punch a black belt and you just have a pissed off black belt? That's what I thought, too. But I, I mean, that is, that is a very strong reality here, but... <laughs> Dan, I don't want you to hear this part just yet, so earmuffs for yourself. Got it. Did you realize, though, the real possibility that both you and I are purple belts just like Fluffy and Dan is a black belt? So, you know, can that happen? Can you submit Dan? No. Okay, that means they took the same steroids together, which means... That, yeah, there is a weakness. There, There is a little bit of a, a weakness in the armor. So having said that, Dan, what would you say is the statistical probability of either myself or Kevin being able to submit you? As both of us uh, being purple belts. Hmm? With, with punches or no punches involved? Am I eating that once to burn out for five minutes or... Well, if we're honest, I'm not sure that my punch is really going to knock you out. I'm just, I'll leave it open to interpretation. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go with a hard no. Okay. Well, you know what? <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm gonna go with a flaccid no, Raph, because I don't want this to get weird. <laughs> I'm just gonna tell you this right now. You can say all you want, but this past weekend, a purple belt basically rewrote the rules. And I know that all these dorks are talking about micro adjustments and fucking <laughs> jujitsu groups with their memes. But I'll tell you this, though, Dan. That is the first time. And really hold your breath for this one. That is the first time an ADCC medalist has been submitted in mixed martial arts competition. Really? Oh, no. So... Dan, I know you like to think that you're all high and mighty, but you might fuck up. You might have an adrenaline dump. You yourself said it could happen at any time. You might just be high, sir. Exactly. I don't know. I don't you know why. Nice You've taken this personal rap. I want to get back to this horse shit joke. Why does it always happen to like your favorite <laughs> jujitsu fighter? <laughs> it just all yeah. of a sudden, boom, choked. Oh, I would have wished... Couldn't we have just finished it with strikes? Did anyone else feel that way? I had a real head down, walk away sort of moment. Like, I don't want to watch anymore. That's how I was, man. It was like, it, it will it will forever be too soon. Every time I am, 
No, please just knock him out. Just keep hitting him. Please, ref, get in there before you submit them. What are you doing? <laughs> well, the other thing that was kind of sad about it is, is that when people ask me, like, what did he tap to? And I go, honestly, I think he tapped because he's done fighting. Like, yeah. I think he took that much impact that he probably could have eaten the choke a little bit longer or, or just bit in there because he's used to that. But also his face was gashing and... He's just at a point where he goes, huh? So I know that a lot of people were talking about the fact that Hadolfo said that he wouldn't take any super fights back to back now that he's doing MMA and that it's really going to focus more on the MMA side. So then yeah. somebody asked me on the fight companion, they go, well, what happens to Hadolfo now? And I go, I guess he's coming back to jiu-jitsu. So that's my guess. Maybe we win after all, but that was that was so hard to stomach, and it was the day that jiu-jitsu died for so many of us. So uh, it, it really it was it was it was really uh it was tough to enjoy the next few fights. I'll leave it at that. That's for sure. Well, here's some good news. We can kind of breeze through some of those fights. Uh, Alexa Grasso looked amazing. Kevin, did you happen to see that? Uh, only some of this one. It and was good. She looked very dominant. She came back very strong in this fight tonight. it was just grosso punching mostly but i, I saw i remember because i'm okay there might have been some beverages involved prior to certain parts of the night but yeah fair i none of these i call this the decision row because <laughs> i was unimpressed <laughs> by a lot of some of these decisions I fair was, enough i might have been in a Adolfo funk so what you're saying is you picked the, the the women's fight to get a drink and not pay attention to it? Um, including the two male fights before this. Castellum and Simone as well. So, <laughs> Which is good news because I'm going to come back to you for this one, uh, Dan. Here's the question to you. What did Kelvin Gastelum do that made him win this fight? Uh, I think... Obviously, out, I mean, completely out-wrestled Heinish, but I think the main thing that he did was just angles, you know, and, and Heinish was just like a, a blitz forward and then a couple horrible Kimuras from bottom mount, and, and I think he just got pop popped right into a good angle that made the wrestling look better, you know, better than – not better than it is, but I, I think it's MMA, you know. You can't just shoot from 10 feet away like Heinish, like Heinish was doing. But Calvin looked good. Yeah. I was I was surprised at how much do, how much more dominant he was. Really, he you know he was put up a little bit in duress in that first round, but then he started coming alive. And what was actually kind of interesting about this fight, Kev, was that you saw um, Heinich actually getting some takedowns on him, and then towards the end, you saw Kelvin responding to those takedowns with a takedown of his own. So that was pretty fun, and and I think Kelvin ended up with six takedowns in that fight so that was kind of the story of that one so credit to him he looked very very solid and credit to our friend ricky simone who also looked pretty dominant in his fight against brian boom kelleher so we very much enjoyed watching that one um ricky got a huge call up from uh, the early prelims to being on the card because as kevin alluded to there was a couple oopsie daisies <laughs> we lost on, three uh, fights yeah <laughs> Yeah. So let's go down and talk about a couple more of these. How much did it suck to see Diego Lima lose, though, to Bilal Muhammad? 
outside of the fact that we both chose it, it always yes. sucks <laughs> to watch Diego Lima lose any time because I always do that. Hey, Diego Lima. I mean, he fought well, but he did not win that fight. No. No. And it was just a bummer because I had people going like, I think Lima's going to get it going here. And I go, I hope he does. He also didn't get choked out like a white belt, so that was nice. Uh, Shot back, shots fired. I know, I know. (laughs) Still hurts, Kevin. Um, And I want you, Dan, to talk us through Pollyanna Viana's arm bar submission, sir. Brutal, dude. That that was brutal, man. Hey, I'll I'll give it to uh, to the girl she was fighting. I forget her name. She held in tough. However, uh, man, it, it looked like it really looked like she was starting to pop her head out. And then for some unexplainable reason, she decided to slam her way right back into the triangle. And I think that's yeah. the end of it. I think, I think she could have got out and then who knows what would have happened, you know. But by going head back, head first back into it, yeah, that switching to that arm bar was pretty much. I don't think I would have done that because I'm a triangle guy, but that was that was. Control. What about the elbows while in the triangle was not okay? Yeah. Ow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That looked, that's yeah, one of those. Good. I think that's a little bit why she went to the arm bar because it's pretty mm-hmm. slippery in that situation. But the second elbow, you could see Martin had that moment of a pivot. It was like, I'm going to get fucking knocked out if I don't do something. Yeah. And I yeah, was I mean, impressed you know, she she chose to sacrifice her entire shoulder for the process, but <laughs> yeah. that was definitely broken. Because I that yeah, was a full he, look away when she did the yeah, second hip even thrust. Even the armbar was deep. Yeah, even the armbar itself, she was in that. I mean, she went from being five minutes in a triangle to three minutes in an armbar. Like my gosh, <laughs> she might have been a little. I I'm not exactly convinced she was conscious as she was going down. She was that second elbow just really made me angry. It made me uh, glad for the fight, but I was like, "Could she tap? Could she tap?" It's like, "Oh, (laughs) yeah." Props to her; she's tough as hell. Because I'm tapping, let alone from the oxygen. But someone starts just striking me aggressively with an elbow. It's like I'm out of here. Yeah, I haven't, dude. I haven't seen elbows like that since like Guida fought Diego, where you just start doing like barely essentially what a 12 to 6 elbow would be but off your back i guess it's legal <laughs> yeah silva used to do before everybody realized the spider guard was something you could attack that That's true, yeah. <laughs> i also want to bring up the fact that yes in one of those canceled fights there is something to be said in terms of bobby green because they said well why is that one being canceled and i do want to make sure that we note this for people who are confused as to exactly how we lost it but wikipedia says this fight was once again canceled as green collapsed after the weigh-ins and was deemed unfit to compete dan how close have you ever come to just being like oh that was a good weight cut and i'm fading oh once uh like one time the one the first time I ever cut weight for an amateur MMA fight, I actually had no idea what I was doing. Terrible water, terrible diet, and then I actually had to sit in a steam room, not a sauna. So that was pretty brutal. I didn't feel like I was going to collapse, but I definitely didn't think I could flex after I made weight. Well, good for you. I'm glad that you you pulled through. Did it make the fight weirder? Or, or like, how were you able to then a little bit later? And if that's an amateur, isn't that the same day weigh-ins? 
no, th- these were still a day before. But uh, okay. what was the question again? Sorry. Okay, well, this doesn't bode well for remembering a weight loss cut. But okay. What we're asking here is, how did that affect your fight, if at all? Um, not not really too much. It uh, it it really, I mean, it affected me more mentally because I initially ate a fuck ton of food right away, so I was full really fast, and I didn't get to eat three times before going to bed, like my coach had told me. And he all he told me to start slow, and I was like, Nah, fuck that. I'm starving, bro. I'm eating right now. I don't care. And so in my head, I walked in like, Man, maybe I could have put on more weight. What if I'm too heavy, you know, too light, but I still won, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> kind of just added to the nerves that I was kind of feeling. <laughs> and that was one of the last times you ended up fighting MMA because you like food. Okay, noted. <laughs> Jets, what I'm going to transition to here are what I like to call two moments of greatness in MMA commentary. We're going to lead off with Gabriel Green. Gabe Green. Gifted. Gabe Green, friend of the show, who I was driving and I had the fight on. And as I was driving, I actually had to sit through the commentary. Normally when I do the fight companions, I don't hear it. But you know how we joke about DC being a big drama queen about this sort of stuff. There were great moments in the fight for both fighters. Gabe was winning at one point, but he had to come back from a really hard rally from Philip Rowe, who was hitting him with some really good clean shots. Yeah. DC, though, throughout the commentary of the fight, was saying, man, Gabe Green, he's losing this fight right now. He's just losing it. This momentum is out of his hands. And then cut to Gabe Green massacring him with leg kicks and really heavy punches. And I thought, God, I'm so happy I do the fight companions. This is terrible to listen to. (laughs) Like, not only is it bad, it's aggressively trying to get you to believe something than what is actually being on the telecast. I will ask you this. What impressed you about friend of the show, Gabe Green, in that fight, Dan? Uh, def- definitely. I mean, I would I would have to obviously go with uh, with the light kicks. The light kicks and, the, and his punching power, because it was very apparent early that he was just a much harder puncher. You know, for every, every two, three punches, that fell through, he would just get popped with one that like visibly shook him. So I think the kicks and, and it was all around tough. I, th- I think he did really, really well at defending submissions on the ground, but I don't think they were coming at him at the, like, uh, like a, a, a pre, pre, like a Friday night Adolfo, pre this past fight Adolfo. <laughs> pre, pre Adolfo. That's what we're going to do. You know, it's before Christ and all that sort of shit. That's what we're going to do. Pre Hadolfo is going to be the new jujitsu acronym that we put for yeah. things. Meanwhile, Kevin, we'll, call it, yeah, we'll call it before BC, Hadolfo uh, BC before COVID. Every fight he's had since COVID, he hasn't won. So. I want to go back to a little time in Hadolfo history called the Metamorris hype video when we get to see oh, exactly man. how much of a workhorse he is. That's that's the golden era. Go on, Raph. Sorry, I was going to bring something up to you, Kevin, which is this. Uh, Dan kind of mentioned the submission game. And it did look like at a certain point, Gabe Green could have finished Philip Roll. In fact, Philip got knocked pretty, pretty bad on some of these kicks yeah. where he started having the leg wobble and, and started looking real rough and, and could barely support 
he was switching stances a few times to try and get around it, but Gabe was kicking him in the right spots to the point where he essentially collapsed, and Gabe could have come in and finished him there. But in a post-fight interview, which, by the way, he didn't know he was being interviewed. He actually walked the opposite way where he was supposed to get interviewed by Joe. And if you know Gabe, you know he was being himself in that moment. It was very funny. When Joe Rogan was asking him, like, hey, man, why did you do that? Like, it seemed like you could have won. And he just responded by saying, oh, you know, man, we were just friends. And we reached out to each other when we had uh, similar opponents. And we were like, hey, how do I beat this guy? And I just... I just didn't want to hurt him, man. Now, mind you, the day before, because Philip is kind of getting like a Philly kind of, you know, Fresh Prince sort of nickname. Gabe Green, again, giving you an idea of his character. He went to go do the Will Smith handshake where he like does the psh and like turns back to Philly. Oh, yeah. And Philip wanted no part of it, like literally no sold it. So you see my man, Gabe Green, so harshly commit to doing it, and it just doesn't work. Do you believe, though, that that gets in a fighter's head when someone doesn't actually commit to the bit that you're doing? It has to. It has to. to, Right? Like, uh, especially... When TV's involved, I feel like you're also immediately going to get nervous because these guys, you forget, it's like you can go from fighting to talking and it's like, oh, now they're a white belt. Now it's the first day of pads. So, uh, yes, (laughs) that would shake me. And I've been doing this a while. So I will probably get the chance to uh, chat with Gabe at some point. Uh, He has been very, very cool with us sending him shit. And we very briefly touched base, Kev, but... I just thought if you could see this photo and I'm sending it to you on your Facebook, just look at the expression on his face and tell me that you don't see the exact same sort of like commitment as a comedian that you do when you do a joke and you go, well, it's not my fault for not committing hard enough. <laughs> that is true. He he gave it the whole tundra. All right. So that's number one on Great moments of commentary. That's why he won. Here's the other one. That type of commitment, by the way. It's true. Dan Martinez, here's a question for you. Okay. Did you happen to hear the commentary for Chris Gutierrez and Andre Irwell's fight? Oh, yeah. How could I forget the part about his custody battle, man? All right, Kev. Here's a great moment (laughs) in John Anik commentary history. Imagine two (laughs) fighters going at it. Really, really giving you everything they've got. It's a compelling first few minutes of that fight. And then you hear the familiar sounds of one John Anik going, it should be noted that both of these gentlemen are currently under custody battles for their children. What? <laughs> yes. Is that what they were fighting so for? Random. Why would he do that? <laughs> it was it was it was as random as Oh, and another great leg kick by Chris. Chris in the middle of a custody battle with his family. It's like, wait, well, what? Dude, they're beating the shit out of each other. <laughs> Why are we talking about that? So my first thought was, because again, when I do the fight companion, I don't hear these things. So <laughs> I was on air and I had the audience telling me this is what was happening. And I said, you guys are lying. This is not a true thing. And more and more people were coming in with the transcript of what it was. And I said, please don't tell me this is true. And of course, I do my due diligence. And at the end of it, I hear both of them 
engaged in custody battles with for their children. And I go, oh my God. So I guess <laughs> the question is, Dan, has a custody battle ever affected your half guard? <laughs> I man, I, I be honest. can't say it has. Be <laughs> I honest. <laughs> I cannot say it has yet. But if I'm ever in a custody battle, you'll be the first person to know. Well, you know, you we will revisit this question if it really gets down there, especially if you hear me on commentary and you can take no repercussions on me if I'm on the mic for that one when I go. You know, Dan is normally beat people in this position, but unfortunately the custody battle is probably the reason he didn't finish that triangle. <laughs> that would just could you imagine? <laughs> it's just I don't know what that was and I like to give John Anik shit just for shits and giggles and, and for funsies about how he loves to talk about Modelo and then P3. This is one that's so out of left field for me as a broadcaster commentator that I couldn't justify it. I struggled to justify it. And you know what's funny is uh, as I, I was doing one of my Kevin breaks where I was getting like a drink in my kitchen, yaddy yaddy during that fight because I hadn't been emotionally invested in Phil Rose fight. And then I'm watching, and then I'm I'm in the kitchen, and I just hear like, "Oh, let kick one." I'm like, "Damn, man, I need to hurry up. I'm missing a good fight." And then like I'm overhearing it, and then I hear this custody thing. I'm like, "Whoa, whoa, hold on! I just drop everything I'm doing, and I just go and I just stood there, watch the remainder of the round, thinking, did you really just bring that up?'" <laughs> That's almost <laughs> as bad as when Dominic Cruz said Connor was gassing Khabib while getting smashed on bottom. <laughs> Yo, I love again all of you kids with your hatred of Dominic Cruz. I oh, I'm still a, I'm a huge Dom fan, actually. I love Dom. <laughs> better a love fucking Dom. Dom's <laughs> a company <laughs> man, by the way. That guy is loyal. Like, if they slipped him something that was like, this guy just, we found out he killed five people. We need you to put, like, a pleasure. He'd be like, company's thoughts and prayers are with his family who have been deceased. It's like, how do they die? It's <laughs> unclear at this time. Like, he would straight cover it mid-fight. So I, I do like it. And Dan, let's not pretend like Dom wouldn't be your perfect wingman. Like Dom and you could run a thing where you could pretend that you were fighting for his custody. <laughs> Just saying, look at the size difference between the two of you and look how he looks like a kid. I mean, he could also be a mannequin dummy. I mean, there's a lot of different games you could play he on this one. Be my little brother I'm training and I'm teaching jujitsu too, you know, like it could be a <laughs> lot of different things. I just like the idea of you coming over and being like, yeah, I sponsor this kid. He goes to the Boys and Girls Club, keeping him out of trouble. <laughs> exactly. Once I'm, well, once I'm done with my own custody battle, I'm going to do a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to tell you guys that would hurt me the most. But I guess we're at a spot, Kevin, where we should probably reveal the results. So before we reveal them, okay. I should reveal the text message I got. And this is when we were trying to schedule it. And no, this is not from today when you see Instagram stories of why Dan might be running a little bit late. Could it be that he was with another Kevin? Could it be <laughs> that another Kevin who has a rival podcast to ours was trying to sabotage our podcast, Kevin? Damn, that <laughs> What the hell? Mm -hmm. He was with Kevin Gallagher of the old man grappling hour, which, by the way, fuck off. 
Yeah, they suck. All shows that you could possibly name a show after a dude here hosts a show called The Grappling Hour, you call it Old Man Grappling Hour. Get out of here, Kevin. And more importantly, <laughs> he hosts the Jiu-Jitsu Times with our friend Kevin Bradley. Two Kevins hosting a show. Too many Kevins. Gross. Yes, those two dummies were together. Here's what I'm going to tell you I got. The note I got was from Dan Martinez. This is dated yesterday at 6.58 Pacific Coast time. Should I buy the five natties and drink them on the show? (laughs) Now, Dan, why would you say something like that? Because I was going to pick three correct fights, but they all pulled pulled out and they got canceled. And that just took away from my point. I would have won if it wasn't for for them pulling out. (laughs) Statistically, probably not accurate. Kevin, why would he need to feel like that? Because he would have needed every damn one of them fights just to get us to overtime, which is something (laughs) he's familiar with. But what mm. happens when someone from Florida messes with someone from Colorado? The superior mind arrives to meet the moment and pick the whole fight card. The five correct, by the way, including, well, the replacement. We'll never know with the Jim Miller. Uh, yeah, <laughs> six to three. We both had Muhammad, no. praised it to be. Um, I had Masaryk, he had Robertson, fight didn't happen. I had Rivera, he had Munoz, fight didn't happen. I had Ramon, Marquez, Grasso. Then we both had Roe. We both had a Vieira chapter nightmare that personally touched us. Um, <laughs> he had uh, Viana, which is a win, one of the, one of the very few. Uh, we both had Gastelum, again, great. So that was helpful. And then I had Usman. So tough moment. He took Jim Miller. So I'll even just give him a free point for lifetime um, (laughs) achievement. But one of my many crushings added to the list. Dan, what is your response to that? I, uh, this is one of those, you know how, you know, you you know how when you're doing jujitsu, you get caught in a heel hook and you're like, just tap real, real fast. You, you know, you're like, man, I didn't realize the loss was happening. This is one of those like choking moments where I'm slowly feeling the loss to Kevin creep up. And then eventually when Gilbert lost, I was like, ah, fucking tap. I lost. I fucking know it. It's funny you put it like that. Perhaps you can go back to the point on the podcast when I said, hmm, do you think it's possible that a purple belt could beat you? A decorated black belt. In fact, you can go rewind it on this show. Not a fucking chance. Under no circumstances. That's a real live reenactment. Wow. (laughs) I feel, in fact, when you said zero, not going to happen, it's it's crushing because these things live on in infamy, so it's going to live on forever. Kevin, what do you have to say to him because not only did you beat him, you essentially Hadolfoed him. I got, I snuck him into my game. You know, I got him in here. We started talking smack. I brought up some old things from his record. We really attacked him about Florida, which that can either that can go one of two ways, right? Sometimes it, it just breezes right by. 
And this is, again, my continued success. Thank you, 2021. It hasn't been great, but it's going okay. And he owes me a five natty compliment. Thank you. We were going to ask what he has to do, but I do want to say something, though, Kevin. If you recall, I stacked the cards against you because I brought somebody who's beloved, I guess, for the time being. He didn't really give a shit either way, but... The manifestation of Tom Brady came back on the show and you beat the manifestation. So you got some respect back for your beloved Chiefs, your beloved city. How do you feel about that, Kevin? That feels good. I've been walking on sunshine for about the last two hours since I tabbed this up. Plus, I I do wish I had gotten in on the five parlay of the fights. Correct. That would have been fun. But, you know, does feel good. Feels very good. Think about it, Kevin. Vindication. Look, when you see a guy like Dan, and yeah, with, you see a guy like Tom, I Brady, might not have his abs. Some... I might not have his dexterity. I might not have his athleticism, but he's gonna remember that time maybe that he picked fights against me. He's gonna, that's gonna that's gonna need. Here's what made me laugh: is the fact that when Dan got to a certain point on the show when he was asking like, how does this work? And what am I going to do? And then we say, well, here's the bet. And he's, you know, we're giving him shit. Like he can't hold his liquor. And he's like texting me earlier last week. He goes, man, it was a blast to be on the show. I can't wait for Kevin to drink those five natty lights. And I tell him in all honesty, like, Hey man, I'm a little concerned with you because your body fat ratio is a little down. So I don't think you can hold your liquor. And then lo and behold, I see a Tom Brady in the wild, unable to hold his liquor, being escorted off the premises. And I go, that's not a good sign for Dan Martinez. So <laughs> I'm just saying, Dan, what do you have to do? And when do we get to see you drink those five ninety lights? And do you have an idea of what it is you're going to say about Kevin? Would you like to kind of give or a just preview verbal to our tap, Raph? I think our superior podcasting mostly. That's fair. That's fair. It should go to us. The team. Well, Kevin, I just want to say, man, it was a, uh, it was a great fight. I feel, uh, I'm at the point of the fight, you know, when they're reading the decision and you're looking at the losing fighters' reaction, you just want to see what they're doing, and they're just, like, head down, lightly clapping, like, yeah, he won. Well, kind of, I'm kind of at that point, you know? Oh, but, nice. Like I told you, I would have, man, even even if those three fights that fell through that I would have picked correct, I don't think I would I was, what, 6-2? What's it, the score? 6-3. So, oh, six three. Oh, I may have tied it up. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I mean, I hold on I to that. Like I love is, it. I feel like this is like the point deduction from a referee type of loss where it's like, uh, it was close. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I like this idea me? of explaining your feelings like via post fight. He's not ripping off his gloves, this isn't retirement, he's no, just no. soaking it in. <laughs> Got it. No, All right. I'm not can, I, <laughs> can I make a request here, though? I feel like maybe for some inspiration, because obviously you're going to say stuff in the video as you're drinking and you're probably getting drunk because you, but maybe you should take some inspiration from Hadolfo's post because in the actual description of what you write, it should really be similar to how Hadolfo wrote up after he lost, which was, I don't even know what happened. Like, I don't know how I gassed out. I just, I was, I was in it until I wasn't. And I'm going to come back stronger, guys. I'm, I'm going to make amends. I'm going to become a better fight picker. I feel like that's the way to go on, on the actual language of the video yeah. that you cut. 
<laughs> uh, that, I'm going to have to go with that one. Now, I did offer last weekend. Uh, since I am Florida, man, how do you how do you want me to how do you want me to drink these, Kevin? Am I, am I slamming on my forehead? Am I shotgunning them? Am I just chugging? So I'm a shotgunner, and typically in these, um, you know, you do them pretty fast. But you just get a little shot of the first chug. I don't know how well able you can insta video, but just uh, something like that, proving the beers, throw out a compliment to the cast, and you know, obviously admitting your loss and your humbleness. Yeah, that's course, that's what I envision. I mean, I mean, there. I, I'm going to take the Masvidal thing and be like, you know, cast of doubt if I had those three other fights. fight <laughs> we'll, go with the, we'll go with the fact that you did win it this time. There will be a rematch in the future. I will be back. The gloves were not oh. Wait, hold on. I didn't I have not sanctioned any part of that. I just like that he invited himself back on the show. Like he literally is like, Raph, my management has already booked me back on this show, and Dana White. Let the people oh, yeah, no. notice you took a Dana White blockade immediately. You were like, I don't know. It wasn't very close. We'll see what the people demand. <laughs> I will tell you this, Dan. You do have a welcome invitation back on the show, uh, competition or not. We do enjoy you a lot. Um, we'll plug what you're going to be doing very soon in a second. I will say this. I've never outright promised somebody a rematch. I don't know when. <laughs> when I deem it right, when I it right. will get in touch with you, and I will say I think the time is right for the rematch. So... I will leave it at this, though. Kevin needs to leave you with some departing words, some tips, some advice. And, and Kevin, mind you, things aren't looking good for Dan right now. So what are you going to say to him that's going to make him understand how to be a better fighter? Yeah. Uh, relax your throat. Wait, did you say fighter or drinker? You know what? Either way, relax your throat. Embrace the natty. Because, you know, if you can crush five of those pretty quickly in the sun, I think you can bounce back from this Hadolfo embarrassment. So don't let their reflection and their losses impact your ability to go slap people next CJJ. We'll be right there in your corner. <laughs> My man, I appreciate you guys. Dan, tell the kids, tell the people listening what you got coming up because uh it seems like you got some good stuff here sir uh, it seems like if the the people want to learn some of the dan martinez jiu-jitsu skill they can uh, uh they can see you soon it looks like you're traveling right yes sir so i have a uh pretty dope seminar uh two-day castle seminar in uh the frankenstein or franken whatever's castle up on uh, Burnett, texas with the assassin academy so it'll be me uh, Boogeyman, Tackett, the Tackett brothers, Cody Steele. So it'll be a number, a number of guys. I know Tech Steele and, uh, and a lot of high-level guys will be attending. So that'll be a couple spots left. So you got to hit them up on Instagram or Facebook to register. And then uh, okay. the following two weeks after that, Gracie Palm Harbor, Tony Ways Gym. I will have another seminar there here close to close to Tampa. So I'm sure a lot of the local people will be coming out as well. You know what's funny about that, Kev? If you listen to the people that he's doing that seminar with. I don't want to say that there's a pattern, but I'm nervous. Yeah, I've beaten huh. a lot of people. <laughs> Haven't you beaten <laughs> William Tackett and Cody Steele at this very game as well? Yeah, I believe I have. Actually, wow. I'll have to look at the Tackett one. Hold on, I might be bringing I mean, it up. Don't, don't oh, okay. bring it up. 
it's a different episode. They have to go find that one to listen to if they did it or not. Um, <laughs> it's just pretty impressive, Kevin. I mean, that's a murderous row of black belts. That's some badasses. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got to be careful, too, because I've been mm-hmm. lippy with some bad mofos. And this is a nice <laughs> reminder to be very careful, children. They can beat me. This is not a karate situation. No. Well, Dan, <laughs> thank you so much. Raf- are we rapping with everybody? Ready to roll? I think we're I think we're essentially good here. Dan, we appreciate you. We look forward to having you back on sooner than later, my friend. You're a good sport. Awesome. Well, Rav, Kevin, appreciate you guys having me on. Like I said, I am more than down to be back on anytime at all. I think a perfect time will be next year when you know Tom Brady beats the Kansas again. I think uh, waiting a year will be perfect. Kevin, I'll keep you up. <laughs> keep uh, touch, brother. I hate him so much. <laughs> nice. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...